Welcome to Yak Babies. I am your interim host who forgot that he's supposed to do oh boy, an advertisement. <laughs> I'll just skip it. Just jump right in. I'm in it. Uh, what's it? Oh, here's a good one for Aaron. Okay. Three, two, <laughs> one. Look. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to do this if you would like. Uh, three, two, one. The Yak Babies. Sex, presidents, and sometimes books. Welcome to Yak Babies, the only podcast on the internet sponsored by Disappointment. We already own you, so we might as well sponsor your favorite podcast. <laughs> I am your interim host, Brick, and I'm here with my personal pals, Dave. Morning, boys. And Old Man Nico. Good uh, early afternoon, boys. Yeah. Is there a word for it? Top of the afternoon? You don't say it anymore because you're on the side of the pond. Yeah. All right. This week, we are talking... So, we... Gosh, when in the summer we did, uh, we originally called it Secret Santa. I think it ended up on the on the feed being called Reading Roulette or Book Roulette, something to that extent. Uh, what we did is we drew our names out of out of a hat, and then we each received a personal pal and offered a book suggestion for them, a book that we thought that that personal pal would like, uh, and then they had no choice but to read that book, whether they wanted to or not. And then we are going to report back and find out if we did like those books, if we did not, what we thought about them, and then have a little discussion. And so first up is going to be the book that I received from Nico. Dave has not read this book, and Aaron's not here, but Dave can ask all the probing questions he wants. Um, yeah. that book. Well, how, how about Nico? Why don't you tell me what that book is? So I'm just not leading into my own thing. Yeah, Library at Mount Char. I would say it was one of my favorite books the, that I read this year. It came out 2015. But so I would say we're probably going to spoil the whole book because we're going to talk about it. I think it. we have so to. Yeah. If, you haven't, if you haven't read it, go read it and then come back. Or it might even be one of those books where you can listen to somebody talk about it and not retain any of it, you know, like cause, because it's so kind of bizarre that it's really it's really difficult to get a handle on it if you don't read it i feel like yeah I, yeah it also it, like i think talking about it it's this book's pretty out there so I, I think it won't be clear what are spoilers anyway yeah and what are just kind of part of the the building of, of the world it presents because it's yeah i think if any point you're feeling intrigued and worried you're going to be spoiled just go ahead and pop off and pick up the book if not follow along i think even if the ending is spoiled for you it it, it doesn't it's not a book that kind of hinges on that no it was one of my favorite books i read this year brick what did you what did you think we haven't talked about this before no, I very so in intentionally not discussed this book with you. Yeah. I think we should just say the author's name is Scott Hawkins. When did this book come out? Was it this year? Last year? 20, 2015. This is a 2015 book. And I believe it said it was his first book. He's a... Yeah. It was super popular, right? I think so, uh, I yeah. Know, it? It's It's definitely... It I see it a lot on, like, book forums, like Reddit, subreddits, when people ask for, like, what's a what's a unique fantasy book? Mount Char comes up a lot because it is just so bizarre. So what do you, so do you like it? Yeah, I, I did like it. thought it was pretty good. It, yeah. How would I mean, you I guess, describe? I guess, yeah, so the thing, I, I, I guess fantasy Yeah. is what it is, but not really. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. There's like it's, gods. It's, 
I think that's fantasy. Yeah, it's just when you say fantasy, it sort of... It takes place in, like, modern yes. America. And so, I mean, it, it's yeah. almost like mythological sci-fi in a way. Like, sci-fi without this, the sci, which, yeah. you know... It took me a while to get my bearings. So it, it starts with... Which I think is intentional, yeah. It definitely is, yeah. And so, so the, the, the basics yeah. of the plot is there's this dude, and then this, this kind of eccentric woman shows up and essentially gets him to rob, rob a bank and then yeah. kill a cop. And then it, it turns out it's attached uh, to, you know, like a parallel world or a parallel universe or, 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 or something where this woman is from, you know, essentially heaven but not heaven, right? Or, or, or some sort of some sort of you know, like higher plane where there's, where there's mythology and, and gods and all this weird stuff happening that like may or may not be analogs for, for the more traditional, you know, theologies. And there's definitely elements yeah. of that, but then there's also, yeah. it's also kind of its, its own thing. So it's, it's, it's like an almost postmodern or at least like, like right. this pastiche sort of yeah. pulling of all these different religions and, and philosophies and, and whatever to kind of build this, to build this world, right. And this, this reality. And it takes a little while for it not to feel random, 40, 50 pages, right? And I think that's on purpose, right? Because, you yeah. know, the, the dude that is the protagonist that it's following is just like a regular, he's like a, he's out of jail for, for something and he's, he's reformed and he's, he's a plumber, something like that. He, he's got a, a pretty standard, you know, kind of yeah. blue collar job. He's just trying to keep his nose clean. His, his favorite thing in his life is his dog. And then all this kind of bizarre shit starts happening and you keep getting, getting pulled into it. And then as the story expands, it ends up to this you know the what's happened in the narrative present in the book and in our our modern world is is sort of the playing out of a of a battle for supremacy between the higher beings essentially yeah and then he's pulled in pulled into that plot yeah so i so that's interesting that you described the main kind of mortal character who's steve as the protagonist, because I kind of think of it as Carolyn. At uh, least, I the, mean, it, until it, I think it, they're it, both it, are. It shifts, but in the first fifty pages, yeah. he, he's yeah. definitely. It doesn't start with him. It starts with her, right? Start, yeah, it starts, it starts with, with her. her, and she's background. she's one of the three point of view characters. That I can't remember if there are more, but there's definitely her, Steve, and she's basically the god of language. So she can speak every language on earth and she is kind semi immortal, like she can be resurrected by her kind of sister and and then it's steve who's just this plumber who's <laughs> this hapless guy who gets fucked with by these gods and then there's the fbi guy oh erwin he, he never he never erwin yeah but he never gets his own perspective does he i don't think yeah, so. he does oh he does yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. like not as much not, not as, as much, much. I there's interstitial like... chapters there's a chapter that follows one of the other gods there's a chapter that there's a couple chapters that follow the yeah there's like a lion that sort of can talk yeah the way the yeah. the way the kind of gods work and the way the sort of it's almost like a remix of greek mythology uh is, is probably the like like it's different but that's that's sort of yeah. the way greek gods kind of interact with the earth and then also do their own thing uh and then have their own stuff going yeah. on and, and like you know glimmers or or, or after effects of that kind of spill over into the earth and cause things to happen. It's a similar right. sort of how, how this working is described, but then it's also, it's like really inventive and really just kind of made up Caroline. Yeah. Who's the, who's the woman, her, 
kind of brother is this dude Adam who's like the god of war but he's like this like hulking monster that never bathes so he's covered in a thousand years worth of like blood and guts from things he's killed and he just runs around and grunts and he wears a tutu for some reason that's David but yeah and then there's his her brother Michael who just can speak to animals and like lives with animals most of the time kind of forgets how to speak English what's what's the name of their language Ploppy is like their language amongst them but and so some of them have forgotten how to speak English yeah. because it turns out that they're all Americans. They were Americans. Yeah, and so uh, their their father Adam. Yeah, who is basically God. Yeah, but he's the or at least the current yeah he's god. the fourth god or the third god. I can't remember right. And so uh, yeah. he for the most part of the book he is absent. And and part of the plot is where did he go and is he dead? And yeah, so because he was and he was killed by Carolyn, right? Yeah, there's your there's your spoiler. Well, sort of. He like spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he was sort of killed by Carolyn. But I mean, the whole thing is. Uh, yeah. And and so the whole thing is is ultimately the main plot. Ultimately, is is Carolyn overthrowing the universe yeah. essentially and becoming be, becoming the, the next god. And the main the main two people that she overthrows are her father. And David, who is like, like his, his general basically yeah. invulnerable, and the presumed successor to Father uh, when Father goes. Yeah, and Father can read her thoughts, so she can't think about her plan. She has to plan while she's asleep. Yeah, and <laughs> enter Steve. So Steve Which is, is a pawn. Yeah, and I think one of the things I liked about this book is Steve's characterization is done very well. Steve is yeah. ultimately he like his narrative arc through the book is he is a pawn that ends up getting to the other side of the board and becomes a queen right and so he doesn't gain powers or anything like that but he he's kind of the only one that has enough influence over caroline to to decide whether her plan's going to work or not right and so as he kind of grows and sort of becomes understanding of what's happening he, he starts to push back a little bit and he in, in, a, in, in some pretty gruesome ways grows a backbone and the way the end comes yeah. about is very nice i think it, it ended up being kind of poignant the, the the final the final kind of resolution between their two arcs yeah all right well, let's let's uh delay the talk of the ending because i think that's like sure. a whole different thing like there's a point about maybe two-thirds or three-quarters of the way through the book where carolyn caroline i don't know I listened to audiobooks, so I don't know how her name is spelled, but I think it's, she it's basically Carolyn with a Y. Wins. C-A-R-O-L-Y. Okay. So she she basically she wins. She kills so part of the problem is that she has to convince one of her sisters can resurrect people and so she has to kill her father and convince her sister not to resurrect him. And then she has to kill David and convince her sister not to resurrect him. And and so she does that, and she wins, and she is the new god. Only only sort of though, because it it was actually it was actually her dad's plan the whole time. Yeah, but then there's like a whole another third of the mm-hmm. book, which is weird. Like there's a lot there's a lot of book after after she wins. The, but I thought so. I thought one of the part one of the parts that makes the beginning really interesting to me is that Carol is Carolyn's character because she she is a character that. I think would be a bit character in most people's Mm -hmm. if they wrote this novel because she's, you know, she's like so out there. She's kind of so detached from normal humanity that she seems to be like, she thinks in a really weird way. She doesn't really, she doesn't know like social cues. She doesn't like kind of respond to things normally, but she has tremendous power. So like she'll do things like she calls the president, 
uh, to pardon Steve to like get him back on her side after she put him in jail and framed him for this murder. Yeah. And and he's like he's like you that wasn't the precedent. And she's like, oh, okay. Uh, hey, so president, can you say this phrase tonight when you're making a yeah. speech? And he does, and it like blows. To, and then the president like tries to kill her. And then her brother David goes and kills absolutely everybody in Washington D.C. <laughs> the whole city, yeah. Which <laughs> the so I, we yeah, kind of missed the, the major. So the reason is called the Library of Mount Char, which is um, the Mount Char part doesn't matter. It, it, it's explained, but it's it doesn't matter. But so essentially, when her father Adam became a deity, when he ascended to power over whoever became came before him he essentially you know did the biblical god thing and and you know the seven days and, and blah, blah 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 so all of modern existence is essentially his his creation but it's based on the the fundamentals of whatever came before and he the way it describes his powers it, it's like his it's knowledge right and so the reason he is all powerful is because he knows everything and has spent eons and eons and eons knowing everything and learning everything and spending the time almost like he's like lived as a mortal in every possible way so he's reached the ultimate levels of knowledge and of understanding and, and of all these things and he writes it all down into books and he creates this massive library that's like the size of it's like infinite or whatever and so each of his his children who it later turns out are like kidnapped from america and that, that part's a little weird but they're all kind of given a domain right and so at us at not adam um david you know knows everything there is to know about combat and fighting starting with cavemen all the way through uh, the modern time, right? Caroline's domain was language, which is why she can speak every language, including talking to animals, though Michael's better at it. But she knows all language. But she also, we, we learned throughout the book, has been accessing other domains, right? Which allows her to know more things and to sort of manipulate outcomes, etc. And so essentially what her kind of godly power is, is just knowing everything, right? And then, like you said, once she sort of achieves her, her coup, she now has access to all of it. And she... Mm -hmm. She kind of becomes a monster, right? But like a well-meaning monster. And I, you're right. Mm -hmm. That arc is, is important. I think part of that, you know, I think a good character arc has you kind of look back at what happened earlier in the book and realize it was there the whole time you didn't see it, right? And so I think sometimes she is kind of aloof and out there, right? The the whole thing starts with like a pretty traumatic event she experienced when she first became in, involved in the when she first came to the library but also right. part of that it was the whole thing was a manipulation right and you know finding the finding her character in there uh, I, I think is is very well done right and and so there's there's pieces of her personality mm -hmm. and her aloofness and and her like actual care for Steve that are endearing right and they they lend to her being a very likable character right but also she's yeah kind of a monster right and she's she's not a benevolent being she's hyper focused on sort of her goal which is to assume power and then make sure that other people don't assume power because the other the other deities uh kind of vying for fulfilling that power void would just destroy existence so in her mind like what i'm doing is better than the alternative so i need to keep doing it right and that's because of all that build up in the in the first third first half of the book it makes sense right she's you know and but then steve's push back against that also makes sense it's like it doesn't matter if you're saving everything it sucks you know there's no sun anymore everyone's dying yeah yeah so after she kills 
after she goes father one of the things that she does is she like takes the sun out of the sky and because the sun turns out to be one of father's like enemies that he placed there as like punishment basically and they're the sun and they're like anguish is the sun and she puts she puts david there instead her brother that she kills and but he is a black sun because he's like i don't know it's he's from a different plane and so steve is like hey so have you heard about the riots and she's like what what are you talking about and and he's like none of the food is growing because the sun is black now and she's like oh yeah 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 there's mushrooms you guys can eat don't worry about it like you'll you'll be fine you can eat mushrooms and he's like people don't want to eat just mushrooms like it's really weird and her like elute her detachedness from humanity becomes like weaponized after she has that much power because she just like her plan worked but it like turns the earth into a hellscape and she she doesn't even understand that she saved the forest and burned all the trees right yeah yeah and then she wanted to do the last the last third yeah Uh, yeah i mean i might as well so so this to me the second time reading it i i think the ending is a little gets gets weird because i read the entire like first part of it as uh, abuse an abuse cycle and fa- her father like because because there are so many horrific things that her father does and that's why she wants to overthrow him in the first place like he literally yeah i mean we should say this book gets pretty gruesome there's extremely graphically violent throughout like horrifically yeah. graphically violent and a lot of it is almost cartoonish but then some of it is really like severely abusive violence yeah. so there's one one of carolyn's sisters that father just kills like every day for just for kicks and and then like her other sister brings her back but she's like completely completely has lost any semblance of humanity like she is she's gone back into her shell or whatever she's she is you know just like trauma responding to everything she just sits there and like flicks a lighter all the time and and doesn't like can't really communicate with people so that to me seemed like the kind of the metaphor for most of the book and even when carolyn wins and she kind of she kills father she kills her brother who's also was abused and also becomes abusive and then she becomes abusive and she doesn't understand she doesn't even understand that she's doing the same thing that her father was but then she resurrects her father and her father the, fir- the first time that we actually see him, which is like most of the time, it's just been stories that she's told about the horrific things that he's done to everybody. The first time that we see him, he's like, he's a nice guy. And he's like, yep, I did this all for your own good. And it seems like she believes him, which is kind of fucked up. What did you make of that? Yeah, I think that's a, f- a fair reading, right? With the, the abuse cycle. I think, I mean, essentially in that conversation with the father, he says like, yeah, no, I did this all for your own good, but it's also all for his own benefit, right? So he ultimately was like, yeah, I, you know, I hope this would ha- be how it played out. And essentially... So he wants to retire, basically. Well, he wants to retire by starting a whole new universe and having complete control as opposed to the just mostly control he had in the, in the current one, right? Yeah. And so ultimately, her entire thing, like her life's work to pull this, this essentially a coup off was part of her dad's plan the whole time, which is pretty... Yeah. 
that's pretty rough, man. And so, yeah. but I think that was the trigger point she needed to, that's when, so Steve is able to break the cycle, right? And so, because, so ultimately the only thing she like actually cares about is Steve, not humanity, not anything. Yeah. I believe she and Steve were like childhood friends. Bef- uh, Steve was supposed to be pulled up yeah. to this place with the rest of them, but the father decided to leave Steve behind because he was like the only Thing that was nice to Caroline when they were like four and they don't remember each other but but she does right she's like basically Steve's her horcrux from Harry Potter right so yeah and we should say like the the way that he that father selected them to be his like demigods was just he basically just went into a neighborhood and took all the children from that neighborhood and turned them into <laughs> gods well, which is like nuked the parents yeah yeah it's both fucked up and like lazy it's just like, oh, yeah, I'll just have this. I'll just t- take all the kids from this neighborhood and those would be my gods. So they've only been gods for like 25 years. And they're eight, They're still aging normally, which is also pretty weird. But, but then yeah, he also well, has the it's power like 25 like, years, but also like thousands because the, because the he library can stuff is control time, of time too. Yeah. yeah. So he resets the clock every time something goes away he doesn't want yeah. it to. Yeah. Again, the closest parallel is, is, is Greek mythology and, and how those kind of demigods like can both assume mortal form and then and then not. And so, yeah, so ultimately Caroline, Carolyn is perpetuating a cycle and all of her hard work has, has sort of been, been played into this trauma cycle, right? And she's doing exactly what her father wanted her to do, mm-hmm. which is essentially keep keep some semblance of, of status quo in, in the in the universe he's developed so that he can move on and, and, and be somewhere else, right? And right. she's kind of imprisoned by this, I think, right? Where she has to, she's now stuck with an unsolvable problem. It's actually not unsolvable, but it feels that way to her, right? Where like she has to, she has to enact the plan, right? And she has to, you know, stick to the revenge and whatever else. And because yeah. she's not able to see she's kind of lost her humanity, right? And so she's not able to see that pain and suffering as, like, necessary means toward an end. She she plays right into it, right? And, you know, I think in her brain, she's taking the long view and, like, this will all get... This will all be different in, like, 10,000 years. And, like, yeah, maybe humans will die, but these other things will grow and, like, the the, the universe will be, will be fine or whatever. And then Steve's like, nah, like, people are dying, right? And so, basically, she... Steve ends up being her kind of living boy toy up in space or whatever. Uh, and he starts yeah. just finding every possible way he can think of to kill himself. Because he knows that, one, she's kind of a monster and he doesn't want to be there. And, two, that's the only thing that she's kind of... She's going to hear. And that's then she keeps resurrecting him. And then he keeps killing himself again. And then, so, ultimately because of that conversation with her dad something happens to caroline where she's she starts to see where steve's coming from right and then this leads to a final ending that i th- i thought was pretty good because it it sort of sidestepped how you would probably think the book would end yeah and and almost starts a new a new mythology essentially what she does is let steve stay dead and turns him into the sun and so steve, well instead of yeah instead of killing himself like out of out of anger or whatever he killed he sacrifices himself and then he's becomes the the son but he's bright because he sacrificed himself for the world or whatever yeah and then so it almost ends up the book almost ends up being like some kind of creation myth which which was which was a nice end yeah and then she's just the god she's the new god and it's (laughs) yeah but she's the new god that has now like recognize a need for humanity not necessarily the species but like to to sort of 
yeah. allow emotion and not just yeah. uh, maybe emotion's not the right word because she was pretty vengeance driven. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, to remember and she and she finally kind of remembers like her childhood and what actually happened to her and that she used to be a human. And it's kind of weird. They call them Americans. They call, I mean, they're they are Americans, but they they don't because clearly they're kind of a different like they're mortals instead of yeah. the gods. Yeah, I mean, I I think I I didn't I didn't hate the ending. I just think that it, the metaphor breaks down a little bit because when she's talking to her father, her father drops the kind of the monster act and was like, "Oh, that's just to make sure that you are a good enough heir for me." And she accepts that. And that seems to be, and the book seems to be saying that that's okay because she wound up being the good heir. Oh, I, so her, so his, I disagree. You know, I, I think, I think if she hadn't changed and listened to Steve, that would have been true. Right. I think, but dad doesn't know about what happened next. Right. And I think that's what Caroline learned. Whereas if she had, if the book had ended there, right. Where the sort of denouement from, from what the dad reveals is it and like Caroline's fucked up the world and, and, and she's this God up there. Yeah. Uh, then yes. But because that, that conversation triggering her, and her, uh, let me resurrect Steve one last time. Right. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like the Darth Vader taking off his helmet moment for, for yeah. Carolyn. Right. Where, and, and so that's why it worked. It worked for me because she, that's where she recognizes there's a cycle to break. So I don't work for me, yeah. but I also only read it once. So I, it might not, if I read it a second time, I might not feel that way. But, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I, I, you know, can't think of a better ending. That that. Yeah, uh, I think the the, the stuff with it was mostly Irwin just the, the father, the father kind of becoming completely dropping, like being unlike how he was portrayed through like these stories. And but he didn't deny just, any of the stuff, you know, and, and no. it was almost like he was cold about it, right? And he he was the same as Caroline, right? Where he's like, yeah, all these things are normal because that's all mortal shit and it doesn't matter. We're, we're concerned with yeah. the ins and outs of the universe, right? And so, yeah. you know, if you're an immortal being, you know, like I don't sit around feeling bad for the ants I step on when I walk to my car in the summer, right? And so like that's his, like the way he views what happens on on the earth and that's how you know i think caroline was doing a good job of taking care of the terrarium even though the terrarium was a lot different than it was when she started her thing but in her mind like it's still working so i'm successful right and that was her her dad sort of having that conversation and and not being evil just being the same right is is i think what what triggered her to sort of self-reflect yeah all right so we we covered the we covered the plot pretty good i think this is a book that if you want something different you'll probably like it doesn't there's not a lot of books like it i think if you're predisposed to like mythology you'll find it interesting because there's these weird parallels isn't the right word but it's it's almost like a almost like a remix right or like a retelling but without without any any attempt at making things line up neatly right there's no there's no there's no analogs between other things it just has that same feel i don't think it's even yeah you could even call it a retelling i think he just kind of uses the idea of gods like like the greek kind of gods that are the god of this the god of that and he just takes that idea and comes up with a it's his own new story. It's very inventive. It's also we didn't really talk about this. It's also a very funny book. I think um, yeah. the humor's pretty dark, right? Especially because yeah. a lot of it involves, you know, a lot of it comes ultra kinda violence hand with with yeah, like some like some seriously group. There's some stuff that will churn your stomach. There's a lot of yeah. uh, death and violence and and sort of abuse, yeah. but also it's it's uh, portrayed with this sort of tongue in cheek 
kind of wry delivery, right? And so, like, a lot of the weirdness... You know, there's one scene where, like, every dog in the neighborhood just starts throwing themselves throwing themselves at this yeah. guy. Like, thousands of dogs are dying horribly. Yeah. And he just you know? is, like, murdering them all. Yeah. Like, just uh, killing dog after dog after yeah. dog. Yeah. And so it's, like, kind of sad and gross and, and horrible and violent, but also, like, kind of kind of funny, right, in the way it's described. So it, it's, yeah. it's a unique book. There's not... I haven't read anything like it. Yeah. Yeah. There's also... Um, the, so I read the audiobook listen to the audiobook and uh i think that's also that's probably one of the reasons that i that i thought of carolyn as the main character is because the audiobook narrator is a woman so she starts in carolyn's mm-hmm. head and then it just seems like carolyn is the main character but the audiobook is really good the the narrator does a phenomenal carolyn character and kind of manages to capture that like that kind of detached almost ditziness that she doesn't really get modern human social signals and she's like what what are you talking about that you know people don't like my black son (laughs) and that's that that makes it pretty funny too i think also it's unique that carolyn is a point of view character because in most books it would be from a normal human like to, to do that voice where it's not it's like that she's super powerful but also not really human anymore that's a tough voice to to pull off but he does yeah it's well written and she's also she's the most interesting character i think in the book and usually the most interesting character is like this side character with the sidekick or something and just has these like weird like has all the good lines and shit but isn't the actual main character but here she is she's at least a point of view character yeah, I think the character arcs of both her and Steve are very well done, and they intertwine nicely with the plotting to to make a pretty good progression and a and a pretty interesting conflict. That the the sort of unraveling and reraveling is paced very nicely. You know, I think it takes a while, intentionally for for it to be clear what what's happening. Right? You know, like oh yeah, it takes a third of the book to realize just the rules. And then the next third of the yeah. book is it, it feels like you're on this this one kind of plot line and then the book's like, Oh no, actually this is part of a larger thing and like this is this is the playing yeah. out of the behind scenes stuff and you start seeing behind scenes stuff and that, that, that plotting yeah. was, was was done carefully and only works because of how well the characters for both of them are built. If the Yeah. You know, if if Steve wasn't endearing, right? If Steve was just a lunkhead, it it wouldn't have been good. And if Caroline was was sort of like obviously omniscient from the from the start, it wouldn't have been very good either, right? And so that mm-hmm. that careful kind of crafting of them really allows the the plot to to feel very well paced. And I think also it's it's pretty smart that like she part of part of the way that because she has a plan the entire time, and she's part of the way that the author gets around like her not just telling you what her plan is is because she literally can't think about it because if she thinks about it then her father will will hear her thoughts and foil her plan so she has to not think about yeah. it so that's part, part part of like written into the the book is it's obtuse like her goals are obtuse um yeah yeah all right so recommended maybe uh Aaron or Dave will pick it up. Yeah, my sister took this book on a beach vacation and texted me at some point and said, this is one of the weirdest books I've ever read. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's out <laughs> it there. You have, to, yeah. you have to push through the first 
40-ish pages because it's it's not at all clear what's yeah. happening. I mean, it's not yeah. like under the volcanoes levels of, of obtuse. It's just until you get sort yeah. of a baseline sense of the parameters of, of the reality, it, it just feels a little random. It, it's yeah. not random, though. It, it, it ends up sort of like he, he draws those outlines nicely. It's just they're not they're not clear from the first page. And there are some really good scenes to, to kind of get you through those first pages because there there are it's like okay i don't know what the fuck is happening but i know that for some reason they're trying to get into this house or like this guy is trying to get whatever or they're trying to get the horcrux that's on the that's preventing all of the gods from going into this house whatever's happening in any given moment is not hard to decipher it's just how does it connect and what are the what are the parameters yeah and what the fuck is it are these people what is a librarian all that kind of stuff (laughs) yeah all right so Recommended. We have three more of these coming up. I believe Nico is reading From Hell by Alan Moore. Is that correct? Yep. Nico. David is reading Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov. And I don't... What book, what book did you give Aaron, Dave? It's called Stone Arabia by Dana Spiata. So if you want to read any of those along with us, you can look forward to hearing about all three of those books sometime in the next few months. And I think that's about it. So you can find us. And uh, ultimately, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Twitter. We're gonna stop sharing that one. Yak babies <laughs> signing. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, goodbye. Uh, you can find us on. Oh man, this is. Uh, you can find you us said Patreon. goodbye twice. I know because you keep talking. Okay. Start over again. And then I remember I don't want to share Twitter, and so now I got to do it a third time. Uh, you can email us at yakbabiespodcast at gmail We will read your emails at some point, and we will respond to them. We do like hearing from from people that actually listen. That that makes us happy. We're happy to have the engagement that we do with with those of you that do reach out to us. You can also follow us on Patreon, Patreon dot com slash yakbabies, and there's tons of bonuses there. There's Usually at least one thing a week, uh, sometimes two, uh, that involves cut content of things we, there's probably a bunch from this episode, of things we said or flubbed or, or definitely don't want to just make free on the internet for people to hear that you can find there. Uh, there's bro to bro conversations. There is uh, games. Recently we did an EMI game with, with Shakespeare quotes where these guys learned that they don't know as much Shakespeare as they thought they did. Yeah, and Yak Pretty, don't forget. There's Yak Pretty. We also have some sub-podcasts, uh, 101 Ghost Jokes Ranked, where we ranked 101 Ghost Jokes. Turns out it was like 151 and descended into the depths of madness. Candy, tournaments, all kinds of fun stuff there. And it only costs you a dollar. And for that dollar, you get access to five-plus years' worth of stuff. And there's also merch you can purchase if you want mugs or T-shirts or anything like that. I have an I upcoming game called the... Viagra Grand- Gandalf. Did you say Viagra Gandalf? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, it cost you a dollar and you can hear Boner Wizards. <laughs> Ultimately, Yak Babies, yakking off. Boner Wizards. The Yak Babies would like to thank all the loyal listeners, and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael, Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, Gilbert, and William Howard Taft. Oh.